Welcome back to the Fantasy Show on the Sportsnet Radio Network. Show Ali, Matt Marchese with you on this podcast-only waiver wire edition as week two is officially in the books. Lots of crazy results, Matt. I, I got to say, I know we like to look back on things that happened in week two. The early slate of games on this past Sunday, I have to say, were some of the wildest endings you've seen all season in a number of different ways, like the Jags blanking the Colts, 24 nothing. The Jags seem to have the Colts number whenever they play, I guess, in Jacksonville. Uh, that was a big one. A lot of crazy finishes. The Detroit Lions offense looking terrific. Philly destroying the, the Minnesota Vikings on Monday night football. And one of two Monday night games, the Bills continuing to romp. There were a lot of uh, pretty fun and pretty unexpected outcomes, I would say, in week two. Yeah, what we can gather is that the Buffalo Bills are the greatest football team of all time <laughs> after two weeks. I don't think there's any question. They scored over 70 points. They allow basically nothing to opposing teams. I mean, Tennessee won the division, or won the conference last year, and the Rams won the Super Bowl. I mean, bring it on, Miami. Let's go here. Um, but there is one thing that I do want to mention. Has there been anything more surprising than Kyle Pitts through two oh. weeks? Good God. Like four catches for 38 yards in two weeks. And Arthur Smith said it. He said, uh, this is not fantasy football. We're just trying to win games. You know how you win games? Shh, getting Kyle Pitts involved in the offense. <laughs> that usually helps. What a what a ridiculous start for him. Yeah, absolutely terrible. Also, the uh, the start to basically any Chicago Bears season, pretty much anyone like the Darnell Mooney. I don't, I don't, I don't have the numbers in front of me, but if you combine Darnell Mooney's catches and, and, uh, and yardage and Cole Komet's catches and yardage, it's probably close to like five points combined over two weeks for both of them. Yeah, it's pretty bad. And um, honestly, I think anybody who who's involved with Justin Fields um development, if you're, if if you think that him throwing the ball like 10 times a game is good for his development, then you're an idiot. This is the worst thing for a young quarterback is to not put the game in his hands for a talented guy. They're sure not letting him uh, play the game like he should. Yeah. I kind of, I honestly thought when they made the switch, the switch of the coaching staff in, uh, in Chicago, it would look a little better, but Hey, I mean, that's not a, uh... What are you going to do? Like that's it's sometimes the the path to development, the road to development is not always linear and hopefully they get it together for Justin Fields' sake soon. Um, same goes in San Francisco as well. The injury, of course, to Trey Lance, he's done for the season. So, I mean, you don't really need us to tell you on a waiver wire podcast to, if you're in a two QB or a super flex league to go pick up Jimmy G. I, I, cause I can't imagine, Matt, in, in, in one QB leagues, I can't imagine that you're going to be rushing necessarily to get Jimmy G he's probably out there somewhere in like, if you're in a 10 or 12 team league, maybe, maybe you go get him. But in two QB uh, super flex leagues, that's probably where you're, you're asking yourself, okay, how much do I need to spend on Jimmy G? Uh, I, I would say a, a decent chunk because he's going to have the reins to a, a relatively high powered offense. Having said that, I just, I, I never know how much you should go out of your way to spend on someone like Jimmy G after a major injury. Yeah, I'm I'm not a huge fan of his. Like, he's a game manager. He's not going to be a guy that breaks the bank for you. But as we, we lead into our play, uh, you know, the guys that we're looking at on the waiver wire, for instance, I would much rather have Jared Goff, the way he's playing right now, rostered in 23% of Yahoo leagues. He's QB9 after two weeks, show. 
The Lions offense has been humming. They get the Vikings and the Seahawks coming up. And like I said, when we talked before the season, like Jared Goff has some sneaky top 12 upside because of those weapons. You look at DeAndre Swift, you look at Amon Ross St. Brown, DJ Chark, TJ Hawkinson. Like we can go down the list here and it's a high powered offense that scored over 30 points in the first two weeks. And I mean, they're not going to score 30 every week, but they're going to score a lot of points every week. And Jared Goff has been really good for them so far. Absolutely. Jared Goff has looked like much more than a game manager. We'll see if that keeps up. But I I do agree that, again, especially if you're streaming quarterbacks or if you're in one of those two QB super flex leagues, then, yeah, obviously Jared Goff probably should be uh, should be rostered or should you should go out and and get him. What do you what do you think? You think the Detroit Lions? I'm not saying they're going to they're going to necessarily make the playoffs this year. But my my bold prediction this year for that that article on Sportsnet.ca was that the Lions would finish the season with a with a winning record. Uh, more games, obviously, for them to do so this year. So definitely a, 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 an e- maybe quote, a quote-unquote easier path for them to finish with a winning record. But still, do you think the, the offense keeps it up? Because Amon Ross St. Brown, for example, obviously he's owned in like probably like 95%, if not more, of, of, of all leagues. But he is, he is, what's the statistic? It was like eight plus catches in his first like eight games. And it's like the, the company he is keeping with that are, are some guys are like in the hall of fame. It's pretty crazy. So he is, uh, he is absolutely producing and the lions offense. I just wonder if it's going to be this sustainable for the rest of the year as they see some maybe better, stiffer competition on defense. Yeah, it's going to, it's certainly not going to be, like I said, not 30 points every week, but they're going to score 20 plus. And, and DeAndre Swift, DeAndre Swift had, you know, f- over 15 fantasy points. I think he had seven touches. Like that's how elite per touch this guy is. Um, Almond Ross St. Brown, obviously. I, I just, I think that Jared Goff has a, a decent enough offensive line in front of him. It's probably better than decent. Um, certainly among the, the, the best top half in the league. And, you know, I I think that they're going to continue. I, I just the, the Eagles' defense is no slouch, and they put up thirty five against them. So, I mean, that for me is a telltale sign that I think they're going to be okay. I'd seen a tweet as well, um, just because you mentioned the Eagles. I'd seen a tweet saying uh, the 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 nation of uh, the United States is not equipped for a Super Bowl between the Eagles and the Bills. It's true. It's pro- they're probably not. I I think that's probably true. The uh, one team that likes to uh, break stuff and and throw themselves through tables and versus a team that likes to uh, start a lot of fights. I think uh, <laughs> I would be I as a neutral observer. I'm all I'm here for an Eagles Bills Super Bowl. I'll just say that, Matt. Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if that happens the way both teams have started the year. That's for sure. All right, let's get into the rest of our uh, our waiver wire pickups. You mentioned Jared Goff. I mentioned Jimmy G. And, of course, as QBs, again, streaming, two QBs, super flex, those are guys you're going to be targeting. Um, but wide receivers, one guy, and you and I had both had this guy on our list, Garrett Wilson of the New York Jets, rostered in 24% of Yahoo leagues. Wilson has been interesting because he in week one, not the most inspiring stat line, but he did drop a couple of, of passes that would have boosted that stat line into pickup territory then. And then on top of that, you have the the production from Wilson this past week. Of course, the Jets beating the Browns 31-30. In the dying seconds of that one, Garrett Wilson being a huge part of that. It certainly looks like Zach Wilson is not going to be returning uh, in week three, which means that I assume Joe Flacco, who's on pace, by the way, Joe Flacco is on pace for something like 5,200 yards and like 43 touchdowns and through the air, which is absolutely ridiculous. Uh, of course, Joe Flacco 
pardon me, is not going to be the uh, starting quarterback all season. Zach Wilson will return at some point, but it doesn't look like that's going to be in week three. So if you can get Garrett Wilson, again, rostered in 24% of Yahoo leagues, he's looked pretty good so far. He's been great. Uh, 22 targets for the first two games. The eight, the line yesterday was, uh, or sorry, on Sunday was eight catches, 102 yards, two touchdowns on 14 targets. I mean, listen, at the end of the day, the Jets are going to have to throw the ball. doesn't matter who the quarterback is. They're, they're just at a point now where their defense is not keeping the other team's offense off the field, and they're just having to play catch-up. Is this a situation where Garrett Wilson is now the number one receiver in New York? I mean, you could probably make the argument. He's certainly talented enough to do so. The fact that he's only rostered in 24% of Yahoo leagues means it's probably going to cost you a pretty good chunk of your fab. I would probably go like 15% of what you got left just because I think that the volume is going to be there all season. And talent, I mean, some of the plays that this guy makes – it's insane. Another Ohio State product making a, a an impact at the NFL level. I, I would be I would be very happy if I could snag Garrett Wilson off the waiver wire. Yeah, he has been he has been phenomenal. He was obviously a, a, a super talent in college. It's pretty crazy, eh, Matt. That I'll, I'll basically. All of the top of the first round wide receiver rookies, or at, at the very least, a huge chunk of them have played very, very well. Even Chris Olave, who hasn't necessarily been popping off the fantasy radar, but he's he's still been playing very well. And uh, just certainly guys, guys below them in the second tier, like the George Pickens and the Sky Moors and so on, they were, who weren't drafted in the first round, but the Jahan Dotsons. And um, I, it does make you kind of wonder a little bit about Jamison Williams, right? I mean, Jamison Williams, of course, I think is, I'm not sure what the the availability of Williams is, but a lot of people were talking about grabbing Jamison Williams and stashing him in your IR spot until he does return. And the way the Detroit offense has looked so far, I mean, I, I wouldn't be shocked if he came back in like week eight or something and was absolutely ridiculous between then and the end of the season. Yeah, I like him as a player. It's going to be a uh, there's going to be a learning curve for him, and and coming back from the injury, certainly there's going to be some time where where he needs to adjust. But yeah, if you if you can go get Jameson Williams, I'd be stashing him on my IR, no question. All right, lay a couple more on me here. I see on your list uh, Jacoby Myers, which is who was rostered in thirty six percent of Yahoo leagues, and and Myers, I don't know. He, I'm not poo-pooing Myers at all. I'm more poo-pooing the Patriots offense, which just looks like it's stuck in second gear. And I'm not sure that's going to change too, too much. But if you're looking for the most consistent player on that New England offense, a guy that maybe the only guy who has the the relative trust of Mac Jones, it, it has to be Jacoby Myers at this point. Yeah, and, and currently wide receiver 22, according to fantasydata.com. And you know, the, the roster ship of 36% was really surprising for me. I thought it would be a lot higher, at least at 50%. But he does have 13 catches for 150 yards on 19 targets. He's never a good bet to get into the end zone, but he's the guy that Mac Jones is constantly looking for, that security blanket that that has been so effective, that slot receiver position has been so effective in the New England offense. So he's on pace for 110 catches and 1,275 yards. That's not insignificant in PPR format. Yeah, no kidding. Like if you can, if you can get a guy that's going to finish as a, a top twenty-four wide receiver on the waiver wire now, I mean, I wouldn't be stunned if he was. He's certainly going to need some help with getting into the end zone, and and that should work. But I mean, the in PPR formats, I'd be all over Jacoby Myers at thirty-six percent roster share. What about standard? Not so much. 
Not as much, but I mean, if you've got injuries, like if you have, if Mike Williams, you have him, he's might not Mike Williams. Mike Evans is suspended. Um, not sure what's going to happen with, with his appeal. Um, if you were just hurting at wide receiver anyway, Jacoby Myers, I think is, is just worth an ad because at worst in standard leagues, he's a flex play. I'll say this in one of my leagues, I have Michael Pittman Jr. and Keenan Allen. So this week uh, did not go well for me in that league, in that particular league. So I think uh, for me, I am definitely par- targeting one of Wilson or Myers. That's for sure. Um, who are your other uh, waiver wire pickups for week two? I know, I know you're a big fan of, <laughs> of Evan Engram. I, and I know he, he, he popped off a little bit this week and the Jags did look very good. You know, my stance on Evan Engram, uh, Matt, I'm, I'm probably not, I'm probably staying away from Engram. Even if, even if like Cole Komet and like, I don't know, no, I guess Irv Smith actually did catch a touchdown on Monday night, which was uh, very nice for the sleeper prediction. But uh, apart from apart from like the top end guys, I, I freely admit, even at twenty one percent rostered, I might I might still be staying away from Evan Engram. The only reason why I have him there is it's just such a black hole at the position. He's actually he's actually tight end twelve on fantasydata.com. Um, and he's wild. only one of he's only one of three tight ends in the top 12 without a touchdown. So I mean he's he's had uh, seven catches for 46 yards this week. This is the key for him, show and I know this is where you get caught up with Evan Ingram because he has a lot of drops, but he's caught 11 of 12 targets through the first two weeks. Okay. If he can get into the end zone, he's going to be viable, but they're obviously using him. Like the 12th, if he's getting six targets a week and he's catching five or even six of them every week, and you're talking for 40, 45, 50, 60 yards, he's in the eight to 10 point range in full PPR, which is better than, God, it's better than Kyle Pitts right now. It's better than a lot of guys. And and now Dalton Schultz is out. It's it's more just there because of the, the scarcity at the position and a guy that clearly is a, a, a part of that Jacksonville offense, which seems to be getting better every single week. Yeah, the Jacksonville offense has been a pleasant surprise unless you're the owner of Travis Etienne, right? Pretty much, yeah. I mean, like <laughs> that one is the most shocking for me. I, I just I'm stunned at, at the usage for both Robinson and Etienne, and I'm I'm really I mean I guess well <laughs> James Robinson's coming back from an injury too, as is Travis Etienne. Right, yeah. So I mean that part <laughs> kind of gets me. Maybe Etienne is just that Liz Frank injury just hasn't healed as well as they wanted it to, and they're just being extra cautious. I don't think that he's going to continue at this rate. I think his usage is going to go up as the season progresses, but for now, it's certainly not. So you're saying don't trade him. Don't panic trade ETN. No, I would not panic. No, because you are selling as low as it's going to get. <laughs> it's true. Point. Yeah, you probably drafted ETN in what, like the fourth or fifth round, probably at the lowest based on how his, uh, his stock had been rising during, the, uh, during draft season. Okay, before we get out of here, I see you have three players on your list that are sub 10% owned in Yahoo leagues. Why should players, why should fantasy players be picking these, uh, these real life players up? So uh, let, we'll start with Daryl Williams and, and you could go with Eno Benjamin here as well, but Daryl Williams has actually done it at this level. You know, we saw him have some good stretches with Kansas city. When Clyde Edwards, Alaire went down, he was the guy getting the goal line and short yardage work. Once James Conner went down this week and it's more of a speculative ad just to see kind of where James Conner is, but Daryl Williams is also a decent pass catcher. So, I mean, you could go, Eno Benjamin, Eileen, Daryl Williams, just because I've seen it 
at this level. Um, Jordan Mason was a guy who I had last week as well. He's rostered in 5% of Yahoo leagues. Uh, Tyreon Davis price is going to miss some time. They're already without Elijah Mitchell. I mean, maybe Marlon Mack gets, gets the call from the practice squad. Listen, Mason's a speculative ad. It's an offense that likes to use multiple backs. Tyreon Davis price got a few carries alongside Jeff Wilson Jr. in that game against the Seahawks. I would assume that whoever is in that that second spot is going to be getting eight to 10 touches a game in that backfield, which could be a good thing. The injury to Trey Lance also means more rushing touches for other players. So that's another thing to keep an eye on. And then to finish it off uh, is a guy that I mentioned on Sunday as someone who, if you were hurting at, at wide receiver, probably should be interested in, and that's Ashton Doolin rostered in 1% of Yahoo leagues. He has 13 targets through two games for Indianapolis, played 64% of the snaps, which was third on the Colts without Michael Pittman in the lineup. However, he did lead the team in catches with five targets with seven and yards with 79. If Pittman's injury proves to be another week, he could be in line for another good day against the chiefs. He outplayed and outtouched and outscored and everything Paris Campbell, who we all thought was going to have a good day. I, I was, I was definitely a, a victim of that. Like you and I both talked up Paris Campbell yeah. because this was good. If there was ever a time he was going to have a breakout, it was going to be this week and it didn't happen. Ashton Doolin seems to be the guy behind Michael Pittman that you want to roster. And I have seen that Michael Pittman, the, uh, the optimism was that he will return in week three, even if he does return in week three. And if he doesn't, then yeah, Doolin, great start. Even if he doesn't return, I think you can probably in deeper leagues still roster Doolin at the very least, because like you said, he seems to have leapfrogged Campbell. He seems to have leapfrogged the injured Alec Pierce, the rookie. And he seems to have also crept his way past, like in terms of usage, crept his way up the depth chart, even after the tight ends, like the tight ends are almost completely ignored in that offense. Like it's, it's Jonathan Taylor and even Jonathan Taylor didn't get very many touches against the Jaguars, which seems crazy. So yeah. Hey, Ashton Doolin in, in deeper leagues, you, I, and if you're like in a 10 team league, do you have the space on your bench to roster roster Ashton Doolin? Probably not. But if you're in a 12 to 14 team league or, or, or you're in a league that has relatively deep benches, I, I like the idea of rostering Doolin. Yeah, he's, listen, I don't know what's going on with this offense, but he's a part of it. I mean, if you're getting, if you're getting the, he's got 13 targets through two games, six and a half targets per game. If he's catching five of those for 50 yards, that's a double digit point guy. And, you know, in the deep leagues, like you said, maybe 12, maybe not even 12, but 14 team leagues, 16 team leagues. Absolutely. You should be rostering him. That's how I kind of look at it. And again, Unless Paris Campbell shows me something else. Paris Campbell played, I think, over 80% of the snaps and had two targets and did not catch one of them. I don't know if that's a Matt Ryan thing. I don't really know what's going on there, but it's not good. And I'm going to go with the guy that's been actually productive over the first two weeks. Yeah. And if the Colts continue to look as uh, whew, as, as bad as they did this past weekend, I think you're going to want a part of that passing offense because they're going to have to play from behind a lot. And certainly, yeah, look, is it going to be Jonathan Taylor time a lot of the time? Sure. But uh, I, you want a part of the, the receivers pass catching options on that team. And uh, Ashton Doolin is a big part of it, but yeah, that does it for our waiver wire podcast pickups here ahead of the uh, waiver processing time for week three. You can always shoot us a text at five ninety five ninety for the people's text line on Sunday mornings. We'll always get to all of your texts before we make way before the 1 PM Eastern kickoffs. You can also tweet us at SNS Alley with two L's at Maddie Mar 89. And we'll answer as many as your questions uh, via DMS. You can tweet at us, whatever you want. We'll get to as many as we can every, 
every single week. But this was fun, Matt. We'll do it again, and I'll uh, talk to you on Sunday. Yeah, looking forward to it. Another big week coming up. Look at that. Look out for that barn burner Thursday nighter between the Browns and the Steelers. Look out. Oh, great. I can't, I can't wait. I can't wait to be breaking that one down with you. That's Matt Marchese. I'm Show Alley. You've been listening to the Fantasy Show on the Sportsnet Radio Network.